This is Affliction, Affliction Fiction, a podcast regarding writers and artists who quite literally make their characters sick. I'm Jennifer Horlick. And I'm James Ewer. On this show, we analyze illnesses that exist in fictional works, such as TV, books, and film, and how they relate to the real world. And this week, we will be discussing a condition simply known as stripes from David Shannon's 1998 children's book, A Bad Case of Stripes. If I'm going to be honest, this book scared me a lot when I was younger. If I'm going to be honest, my middle school nickname was Stripes because I wore a lot of striped shirts, so this, this hits home for me. Since this is a podcast and you can't see him, I can attest that he is, in fact, wearing stripes <laughs> right now. I am wearing stripes as we record this. <laughs> Great. So this book was pretty popular across elementary school libraries since basically the year it came out, but... We're going to summarize it because not all of you may have gotten the chance to read it. And if you did, it's probably been a while. Basically, the story revolves around Camilla Cream, who really, really loves lima beans, but she pretends not to in order to fit in with her peers. So shortly after she resolves to never eat lima beans ever again, it's the first day of school. And as she's getting ready, she looks into the mirror and realizes that she's woken up with her skin covered head to toe in stripes. Instead of going to school, Camilla is visited by Dr. Bumble, who, after examining her, says she has no other symptoms, so she can go to school the next day, though she still has stripes all across her skin. When Camilla does go to school the next day, as expected, she is teased by all the other children. And interestingly, whenever they call out certain patterns in her direction, the stripes turn into the pattern that is vocalized. For instance, one of the kids yelled out at her, checkerboard, and a pattern of squares covered her skin. Well, at least they all knew where to pull over their race cars. Cricket, cricket, <laughs> cricket. The parents of the other children begin to worry that Camilla's symptoms are going to be contagious to the other children, and so the principal calls Camilla's parents and asks that she stay home until she gets better. Throughout the story, Camilla keeps thinking about how she really just wants a big plate of lima beans, but she refrains from eating them. Later on, Dr. Bumble brings in a team of specialists to examine Camilla, and they end up giving her a bottle of pills. However, when she takes them before bed and wakes up the next morning, she looks into the mirror and only realizes that she has become a pill. A gigantic pill. This is a children's book. Yeah, this was the part that horrified me the most, because her head is literally a giant pill. Since none of the specialists succeeded in curing Camilla, Dr. Bumble now decides to bring in the experts. Whenever the experts describe some sort of condition which Camilla may have, Camilla comes to physically resemble that condition more as it's spoken. This is the case for pretty much any medical expert that is brought into their home. For instance, an environmental therapist comes to examine Camilla one day, and she says to her, close your eyes, breathe deeply, and become one with your room. Sure enough, Camilla becomes her room. Actually becomes her room. If you think about it, that probably cut down on mortgage costs. Then one day, an old woman shows up at their house with the simple remedy of a plate of lima beans. At first, Camilla refuses to eat them because she claims to not like them. But as we know, Camilla loves lima beans and eventually gives in. And when she admits to loving lima beans and eats them, she becomes her old self again. Surprise, surprise, the thing she loved all along was actually the cure. I'm really into the cure as well. I really like their song, Boys Don't Cry. No one knows these hipstery bands. <laughs> now let's move on to comparing Camilla's bad case of the stripes to real-life diseases. Many people might instinctively assume that stripes is meant to resemble chickenpox and that they're both patterns on the skin, stripes being stripes and chickenpox sort of being like polka dots. 
However, this is not the case. And instead of us reading excerpts from this book to you, there's a video online of Sean Astin from Lord of the Rings reading this children's book aloud. So we're just going to play that because that's way more fun. Well, it's not the mumps, concluded Dr. Grop. Or the measles, said Dr. Sponge. Definitely not chickenpox, put in Dr. Cricket. Instead, the stripes are more similar to diseases that relate to skin pigmentation rather than a disease like chickenpox. Dr. William D. James, in the publication Andrew's Diseases of the Skin, cites different examples of drug-induced skin pigmentation. The first of these diseases is argyria, which is hyperpigmentation of the skin, which leads to a blue or slate-gray color. Argyria is a permanent change that occurs predominantly in sun-exposed areas. This hyperpigmentation is caused by silver entering the body consistently over a long period of time. Well, you know, Jennifer, as a student in the College of Arts and Sciences, I know a thing or two about prolonged exposure to silver. For instance, their elevators only stop on certain floors. <laughs> this is true. I can attest to that. <laughs> there are two types of argyria, local argyria and systemic argyria. Local argyria is caused by usage of silver sulfadiazine, or silver-containing dressings, to treat wounds. Pigmentation occurs wherever it is applied, and it can also be caused by implantation of needles or jewelry piercings. Systemic, or generalized argyria, occurs more prominently throughout all of the body's skin. It's caused by silver being applied to the skin, inhaled, taken in through nose drops or eye drops, or ingested, and it appears after several months. The silver in the body activates tyrosinase, which is an enzyme that controls melanin production. This is what provokes the pigmentation. In most instances, the increased silver and pigmentation doesn't actually cause any bodily harm or consequences. Just like how Camilla's stripes don't actually cause her any harm. She wasn't in any way actually hurt. James, that's not true. She got her feelings hurt. Mm, what you say? Mm, that you only meant well. A notable example of Argyria in the media is Paul Carrison, who was dubbed the real-life blue man or Papa Smurf. Here's how Carrison describes what happened to him in an interview with Matt Lauer on the Today Show. Give me the brief version of how this began. I, I put colloidal silver directly on my face. Because you had some severe skin problems about the time of the death of your father, some stress-related. You had some peeling and cracking and irritation. That's right. And so you put colloidal silver. Can you explain to people what that is? It's, it's just a, a liquid that you make through electrolysis with silver and distilled water. How did you decide to use this? Where did you hear about this? Did a doctor tell you to do it? Oh, no. No, no, I did it all on my own. Uh, How'd you find out about it? Uh, originally, I, I just saw a, an ad for a, for a colloidal silver generator in a magazine, and the picture stuck in my head, like a song might stick in your head. And uh, I had a friend that had severe petroleum poisoning, and I heard that the colloidal silver was good, helpful for that, and that's that's how I... Started using started, it. You, you started using it. applying it topically to the skin problem, but also, at some point, you were taking it, was, it internally too. It was years later when I when I applied it directly to my skin. Okay, so you started off taking it internally. Yes, that's right. Now, any medical supervision at all? Once you started this, did any doctor get on board and say, "Do it, don't do it"? Here are the problems. Here are the side effects. No, sir. Nobody. Did you know that, that skin discoloration was a potential side effect of this? Uh, 
No, no. What I found out was that your facial tissues is where your body will store any excess silver. Drinking it, there was no there was no change in my color whatsoever. All right. So so once you started drinking it and then applying it topically, it it fixed what you were trying to fix, correct? Uh, no, actually, it didn't. It didn't stop the dermatitis. It just reduced the inflammation when uh, when my skin was peeling and cracking. So if you weren't getting spectacular results, why did you keep taking it? Because you, I should tell our viewers, to some extent, you're still using colloidal silver, although not nearly in the same quantity that you once did. This is true. So why did you keep using it? Because of some profound benefits that I had, I had received from like using it. Well, like no more acid reflux, no more sinus troubles. My arthritis went away. So in your opinion, you had to do the, the old scales of the weight thing, okay? My skin is turning blue and a fairly bright shade of blue, but on the other hand, I'm feeling better in some other areas. That's true. That's true. There are other examples of drug-induced pigmentations as well. One of these is minocycline-induced hyperpigmentation. Minocycline is used to treat infections such as acne, urinary tract infections, and chlamydia. There are three different types of minocycline-induced hyperpigmentations. The first type is a blue-black discoloration in previously inflamed areas. Type 2 is a blue-gray pigmentation on the shins. And type 3 is a muddy-brown pigmentation in sun-exposed areas. Another example is amiodarone-induced pigmentation. Amiodarone is used to treat irregular rhythmic patterns of the heart, and it causes photosensitivity. Gray pigmentation occurs in these areas of photosensitivity. Jennifer, what's photosensitivity? Photosensitivity is an extreme sensitivity to UV rays. I feel enlightened. There also exists pigmentation induced by clofazamine. Clofazamine is used to treat leprosy and causes an initial pink discoloration that gradually becomes reddish-blue or brown and primarily occurs in the lesions of patients with leprosy. Another example is zidovudine-induced pigmentation. This is a medicine that is used to treat HIV and is known to cause blue or brown hyperpigmentation in the nails. There is also pigmentation induced by chlorpromazine, thioridazine, imipramine, and clomipramine. These are all medicines used to treat different mental disorders. Hey, why'd you say these are all medicines? Maybe you should repeat their names. <laughs> no, I should not. <laughs> no, thank you. These are all medicines used to treat different mental disorders, and they cause a gray hyperpigmentation in sun-exposed areas. Another type of pigmentation is caused by diltiazem. Wait, diltiazem? Ain't that what John Travolta accidentally called Idina Menzel at the Oscars? I believe he said Adele Dazim, but it's close enough. Diltiazem. Adele Dazim. Diltiazem. Adele Dazim. Diltiazem. They're kind of similar. Idina Menzel. <laughs> Actually, it's a calcium channel blocker used to treat high blood pressure and chest pain. It's known to cause bluish-gray splotches on the face, neck, and arms. And a final example is periocular hyperpigmentation. This type of hyperpigmentation is caused by the treatment of glaucoma using prostaglandin analogs. It also causes the iris to become pigmented. And this pigmentation can fade if usage of the medicine stops. Drug-induced skin pigmentation is similar to Camilla waking up after having taken pills, only to find herself resembling a pill in the mirror. However, the only thing which could be attributed to causing the stripes isn't ingestion of something, but a lack of ingestion of something. I.e., she stops eating lima beans? I.e., she stops being true to herself? Word.
So now let's talk about how the stripes function morally as well as artistically. The stripes function in the story as a symbolic parallel between the struggles of having an illness and the struggles of not portraying who you are honestly to yourself and others. And the reason why stripes is depicted in a morally upright manner in this particular instance is that the condition doesn't function as an ultimatum in that it doesn't suggest that not acting in a certain way automatically means you'll get an illness. For instance, no one in the story ever explicitly says, if you aren't honest with who you are, then you'll come down with an illness. Instead, the stripes are simply a resulting consequence of Camilla not being true to herself, and she learns on her own time and by her own means that there are unwanted effects of trying to be someone that you're not. Another moral consideration of this disease are the symptoms. Camilla's symptoms, while she has stripes, are so ridiculous and unrealistic that they don't directly correlate to any real disease, so this fictional affliction most likely won't offend anyone with skin pigmentation diseases. And this is especially the case because the doctors who come into the story explicitly mention all the diseases which Stripes does not resemble. In our professional opinions, we believe that David Shannon's depiction of Stripes is morally right, which is probably why the book has lasted for so many years as a children's classic. Well, that's all we have to say for now, but what do you think? Do you have a question or contribution to today's discussion? Do you know of a fictional illness that you'd like us to talk about? Do you have personal experience with a condition similar to a fictional one which you'd like us to discuss? If so, send us an email at afflictionfiction at wnyu.org. For now, I'm Jennifer Horlick. And I'm James Ewer. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. And get, <laughs> get well, well soon. <laughs> Excerpts from A Bad Case of Stripes were written by David Shannon and published by Blue Sky Press. The Today Show is property of NBC News Productions. Hide and Seek was written by Imogen Heap and is property of Megaphonic Records. Lover's Carvings by Bibio was written by Stephen Wilkinson and is property of Warp Records. Sean Astin's read aloud of A Bad Case of Stripes is property of the Screen Actors Guild Foundation's Book Pals. Music